lady ballers. Welcome back. We're soccer props. And it's game time. Lady ballers, we back. Guys, welcome to another episode of the Soccer Props Podcast. And today we have a very special guest on, our good friend, Beast Mode Soccer, Dave Copeland-Smith. We're going to talk Challenge Cup. We're going to talk about his training with Alex Morgan, Mal Pugh, Emily Sonnet, Rachel Daly, Christy Muiz. And we're also going to talk about his tips for what players should be doing now on the field, on their own, with a few teammates, what they can be doing during uh, COVID, and also what they can be doing on the mental side of things and how important that is. So we really hope you enjoy this episode and soak it all up. All right, but before we get started, guys, we are so happy to be able to watch sports again. And get this, you can now stream every Champions League match live on CBS All Access. But wait, there's more. Guys, you can now try one month free, and all you have to do is click the link in the description of this podcast episode. I'm especially excited to be able to watch Man City again after our trip to Manchester last year. Yeah, I'm so excited. Let's go Man City and enjoy. Guys, we are with our good friend, Dave Copeland-Smith, Beast Mode Soccer. How are you, Dave? I'm great, Shannon. How are you? Thanks for asking. (laughs) Where are you right now? Uh, I am in the Hilton Suites in Atlanta, Georgia. Are you a gold member? Um, no. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Wait, why are you in Atlanta? Um, what is this? 20 questions? Yes. 21 Um, questions. I am training... Young Mal Pugh and not as young as Mal Pugh, Emily Sonnet. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. I love Emily Sonnet. Oh, but you don't love Mal Pugh. That's kind of messed up. I love Mal Pugh too. It's just, I feel like me and Emily have so much in common and we would probably be best friends if she would mm-hmm. answer my DMs. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, Dave, maybe Dave can put in a good word for you, Shannon. Oh, don't you know Shannon, honestly, honestly, I would, but there's, there's one thing that concerns me about you. What? The, the overuse of the exclamation point in text messages. It's in emails, it's in exclamation It's like so desperate, bro. Like, you're I not that excited ever. If I don't put it, I feel like I come off. Yeah, yeah same thing with me. I literally have to go through emails and remove exclamation points. That's how many I put in. Exclamation point. Can you say exclamation point or mark? Exclamation point. Both are correct, by the way. Just yeah, I think I'm say point. But um, I don't think I've ever said Mark. I can't help it. I can't help it. I don't know why this happened. Because it gives the impression you're really excited about a text message, but really you're just sat there going, I hate I this am guy. excited. <laughs> I'm always excited when I talk to you. It's How hot is it there right now? It is hot. I, I'm not sure if I, sh- I should make this joke because I'm not making light of the pandemic at all. Um, but I'm, I kind of feel like I'm on a COVID hotspot tour. You know, because I was in LA and we're an epicenter. Then I flew to South Florida to train out, and that's an epicenter. Then I'm back to LA, then to Atlanta. Apparently, Atlanta's an epicenter. Yeah. Um, so you 100% have COVID. Uh, you know, I, I get, I've been tested four times. Um, not, no antibodies, nothing. And I'm going to do another test tomorrow. Um, because it's obviously safety first with the players. I don't yeah, you know, yeah. uh, endanger them at all. But no, it, it's hot. Yeah, it's, it's like an oven here, isn't it? South. Yeah. Um, but it's not as hot as Miami was. Miami was hot. It must feel like preseason, legit preseason for them because it's that time of the year. Yeah. So. Yeah. What a, yeah. Um, wait, so how are you? T- are these all players that you are just training? Like they reach out to you? Um, are you doing stuff with just Nike players? No, so basically, like you guys know, like I've had I've had Alex for ten almost ten years. So obviously, Al is a, like a different um, case right now because she, she's just had Charlie, who, by the way, most cute kid in the world. So cute, um, Charlita Gordita. <laughs> um, so with, with with Alex, it was a case of she's doing fitness on her own and I was blown away like just I don't know how she does it like she's a super mum already and just going out and sharpening her up um, and basically this is a continuum of what we do like there's a long-term plan for Alex which was 
obviously like um, with Charlie, it was, I didn't expect that. So that we had to build another part into that plan. But it's just continuing through, like to continually add to her game. Um, and I think we're going to see a, a very different player with Alex, like a better player. Um, post, post Charlie? Yeah, post Charlie. Um, you posted a video training with her, and I was like, is this an old throwback video? Because you would literally never be able to tell that she had just given birth to a uh, human. She hasn't skipped a beat, mate, honestly. And, and it's funny because, like, you see a different dynamic as well, right? Like, because Alex has always been, because um, I've been around her when she's around her, like, nieces and stuff, and she's always been like that. She's like the cool aunt, you know what I mean? Um, kind of like, I guess Carly claims to be, but I don't think she is. Um, <laughs> but seeing her with her and Serva with the baby, it's like, yeah, they're just born for it. Oh, that's so it's sweet. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I think the entire world was so happy when they found, found out they were pregnant. Like when they did their, their announcement picture with this, was it sneakers, Nike sneakers? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, did but you yeah, they, they, she blew my mind, honestly. Like she was so good. Um, and I, I wasn't surprised, but at the same time, I'm like, this woman has not skipped a beat. Yeah. Like she's just on it. And so I'm, I'm so excited to see, to see her like, whenever we get back to normality. Yeah. It must be nice too, like right now for her because it's in a weird way, COVID is giving her time, more time to spend with her daughter and also get back in shape and train and get back into things. So it's kind of nice that um, she has that time too, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, silver linings, Carly. <laughs> you gotta think about the positives. <laughs> What's been the mindset, do you think of players like, have you noticed a lot of your players, like the moment the tournament ended, they were just on it, like wanting to just keep relentlessly training or? Yeah. It... Um, so like, I have a core group, right? And the, the group, people either retire or when they drop or the group grows. Um, and what I've known, like I had Sofia Correta last week. Um, Sofia is one of the only players to play for two nations. She played for Mexico and the US. In Mexico, she is known as Judas. Mm -hmm. I made that up, but it's funny. Um, and Sophia was another one who like, kind of blew my mind because in LA right now, there's no fields, right? All fields are shut. So we kind of have to get onto a field at 6.30 in the morning, make sure we're gone by the time other people wow. wake up. And, you know, Sophie te was technically on vacation every day, 6.30, working on, you know, stuff that Sof Sophia needs to work on. And, you know, what I found with, with players that I have a relationship with is that they all share that, that one sentiment of, like, just relentlessness. And I think the, the tournament was fantastic. Um, it was really well run, but it's left players hungry. You know, the only the only problem is that now a lot of players are like, well, now what? Mm -hmm. Right, because you can't do individual training for the next seven months. So you would hate me. <laughs> yeah. No, you're, not meant, you're not meant to say yes, Carly. You're meant to go, no, Dave. You're say right. <laughs> but it must feel so weird for them because it's like there, it, no one knows what's going to happen in the future you know kid kids in college are just finding out their seasons are canceled like you don't know when the next big tournament or something is happening so it's so interesting and i feel sad for them i do yeah you know the ones that i felt worse for were seniors yeah because yeah. they missed out on their graduation and then wow. then the incoming freshmen who what are they gonna do are they gonna redshirt and then the freshmen after them we're, we're gonna have like a, a birth canal Two classes of freshmen of players in one year. Yeah. Right. Um, Anyone knows the answer. Yeah, and and it, it's it's tough all round, man. Like, but you've got to you've got to take this like what we've been calling it separation season because now is like 
the only time you're ever going to have really to truly work on your own individual game and you can put that into practice. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, it's weird in America, right? Because like half the country's open. Like in Florida, there's like tournaments and youth tournaments. And in California, they just put something up and like, there's not going to be any soccer games this year. Mm. Um, so like, I feel like that feeds into the frustration as well. Because, you know, players are like, well, they, they're playing. Yeah, it's envy. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, some people are improving and some people aren't. And it's, um, it's so interesting to see, like, what the trends are going to be. Like, are, are players going to be more individually, like, technically good? Like, better than other years? Or are they going to lose a part of the game, like, that they're missing? Which is, like, playing with I, people? I've said from the beginning that this, this pandemic will expose people. I was just going to say, yeah. Good or bad, business, sport, everything, politics, it's exposed people for who they are. Mm -hmm. And in soccer specifically, because that's what we're in, it's going to expose the talkers and the walkers. Yeah. Right, like, yeah, I, I, I love working on my own. Lot, but you've been, what did she say? Nothing. What did she say? I didn't say anything. Why do, why do I come on here? <laughs> she said that you're certainly a talker. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll, and we'll, we'll see. Right? The fact is, you know, working on your own for three or four months can be mentally taxing. But if you get like a small group, because right, we have a small group of players in, in LA, and... We've got rules. We're called Team Excellence. Okay, we've got rules, but about you know, because these are between sixteen and eighteen, so you can't be going out with your friends. You know, you can't be basically doing anything to expose us to your stupidity. Yep. And and I feel like that that's a really good way to go because they keep each other accountable, um, and you know, every day they're working hard. Um, but yeah, it will show people who really want to do it. But you're right, Carly. Like we will see players who are more technical, um, the ones who will be able to uh, transition that into team training, into games. You know what I'm really hoping is that this finally shows people the importance of individual training, um, whether that be on your own or with a with a good trainer. Um, and people don't view it as a band-aid. Because mm -hmm. what we have is like, oh, I sorry, I don't need it anymore. I'm going back to team practice. Yeah. You've know, missed the point. Yeah. You know, like now you're just going to be mediocre again. But it's so true what you said about like individual, individual training. I feel like when we were younger, I always saw that as like, oh, like it's for people who just want to, aren't good enough. Like, even though it was, it was a subconscious thing. I never actually really said that to anyone, but it's weird. People might think that, but meanwhile, it's like, actually, no, look at Alex Morgan. She still trains with the individual trainer yeah. and she is the best. You know, like there are people, you have to keep working on your game and what, what better than to have like that personal coaching where your coach can like look at you and say, you know, be very specific, specific about the things that you need to work on. Unlike in a group setting, sometimes it's overlooked because the coach is looking at 25 you know, well, players. It's, thing, right? it's not the coach's fault, you know, like if you've got a team of 25 people, you can't do 25 individual development plans each yeah. session, you know, so it's not their fault. Um, and, you know, there's no excuses, right? If you can't afford it, then you still go out on your own and train. Yeah. yeah, but also, Dave, look at you. You made an affordable app, something we wish we had when we were younger. We didn't have that access to, to affordable training. That was a good transition. Our app is less than 20 bucks a month. You know, this week we'll be putting up a session with Sophia Creta. Next month is going to be Mal Pugh and Sonnet. Month after that is going to be Alex. Like, there's no excuse anymore for and we, uh, to, be, um, to be honest, we get pushback from that as well. Like it's $20, it's expensive. And you're spending $300 on cleats, you're spending $8 every time you go to Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dave, 
So yes. can you give um, like the Lady Ballers some tips, your app being one of them, but are there any other tips you have for players during this time on how they can do it? So you've got the time to do it right now. And we're all about the IDP, like the individual development plan. And, you know, first of all, you should have footage of yourself playing over the last pre-COVID. Um, watch that footage and break that footage down, what you need to work on, because there's nothing quite like watching yourself. Primarily because it, for positive reinforcement, because a lot of players think, ah, oh, I'm terrible. Then they watch the game back and they weren't actually that bad at all, right? But you can, you can pick out little things. Um, I believe that everybody has superpowers, right? Everybody's got one superpower. My superpower is that I can watch a player for an hour and I can tell you exactly how they need to improve. You know, I don't know where that came from. I just have it. And you can do the same thing with yourself, right? If you're honest, you go in and be like, right, that was not good. That was not good. This was really good. This was really good. And again, focus on, and I do this with professional players all the time, right? They are the first ones to absolutely scream and shout when they miss a shot. Yet they'll hit three bangers in a row and not say a word to themselves. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, last week with Soph, I'm like, how about like a little, like, you know, <laughs> she's like, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. Um, so like, big yourselves up and then make a list of, of the things that you need to, you think you need to work on. Then step two, you reach out to your coach and your teammates, specifically your teammates who don't like you very much, right? And you say, this is a list of stuff that I need to work on. What do you think? And the reason you ask those people is because they're going to be brutally honest because they don't, they're indifferent. They don't like you. They don't dislike you. They're just teammates, right? But you want them to be brutal be like, well, I don't think you need to work on that, but this you're not very good at, not very good at. So you get a list and then you rank that list one through 15, one through 10, one being the thing you need to work on most. Then you can go to mysoccertraining.com and get our app. <laughs> Or if you want to complicate things, you can go on YouTube, you can go on Instagram, and you can pull drills from there. Now, the only problem with that is that um, you've got to be careful of where you get any content from. There's, there's so much, um, what would be a good word? Soccer entertainment. Yeah. Entertainment videos out there of me doing a somersault through a firing hoop and doing a side volley whilst wearing hot pants and a sports bra in the top left hand corner. That kills me. It's to trash. Watch. It's trash. It's true. Oh my God. It's fluff. And any video that is 60 seconds long and has 15 shots that go into the top corner, I laugh at because it's not realistic. Yeah. Right? Like it's, it's completely unrealistic. They take three hours to film. So if you're looking at that content, I watch it. It is entertaining. Right, but the drills are trash. And if a girl's wearing the hot pants and a sports bra, I just immediately mute the account. Yeah. And I felt like this for a long time. Like, why are we sexualizing soccer to youth soccer players? Yeah. Well, we do, we, what we've said forever, Dave, is that if you ever Google search female soccer player or women's soccer, it is literally like hooker pictures, like posters that go up on boys' walls or whatever. And I think as we started to create more and more content, we've kind of like infiltrated it and there'll be like really embarrassing, <laughs> ugly, terrible pictures of like us randomly when you Google search it or content <laughs> people have submitted. I'm like, but that's what needs to like, that stuff has to be filtered the hell out of that. Yeah. Like that should not be the top results when you Google search women's soccer or yeah. female playing soccer. You know who the first girl who wore hot pants playing soccer was? Is it somebody we know? Blake Lively in Sisterhood the Traveling Pants. She went to soccer camp and she wore hot pants. Hot pants. And I was like, what? I'm so confused by that. I've never seen it like, yeah. she, like didn't, she didn't wear shorts over her hot her hot pants. Yeah, but that, that comes down to like American producers and directors not having a clue. Not and not having a clue. Yeah. You're down. You should watch the soccer in it. It's really it's fun. It's just three actors kicking the ball back and forth, and she's like running down the field like with her oh like oh, I'm gonna have to watch that's hilarious great movie great book but it, it's I don't know guys like, it's just disappointing right like you see this and you, just, you look at it and you're like what is this shit yeah and the problem is that 
it's building, it's perpetuating it for the next group of girls yeah. that grew up in it. And it's like, break the cycle of that crap. Did we, so did we not see that this shit is adding to like self-image issues, like low self-esteem? Because you've got, you know, I'm a believer. If you work your ass off, show your body off, no problem at all, right? But wear proper soccer shit when you're playing soccer. <laughs> when you're wearing soccer, wear soccer clothes. Right, like, like I said to Mel, I have never, ever had a player come out looking like, I, I, I shamed Khalil Ohai for wearing yoga pants to one of my sessions. You shamed me for wearing running shorts. There you go. <laughs> you never did again, did you? No, I was so embarrassed. Right, so anyway, stop sexualizing soccer. Oh. It's not cool. Respect. But if people do do that, you don't take them seriously. But to uh, round out the point, it's so true. The internet is being flooded by, by people who really don't know what they're talking about. So why not just go to like Alex Morgan's trainer, Dave Copeland Smith on his website. And seriously, like your app is probably doing wonders for, for athletes right now, especially now that they're home. So I have, a question, I have a question with your app too. Like, so if I determined that like one of my weaknesses was being able to like explosively cut to my left or whatever, can I go on your app and have sections of specific drills that will help me with my set of yeah, we've, we've got explosiveness, we've got chewing, finishing, passing, dribbling, we've got everything on there. Cool, that's uh, awesome. I think people need to know that too, because that's not just then getting you getting overwhelmed and flooded with an influx of things to choose from. Well, you're literally choosing some things for them, which is awesome. I built it, I built it very specific to what we do. And first of all, like soccer is it's a sport where like what I need to work on, Carly doesn't need to work on. Yeah. Right? What Carly needs to work on, Alana probably doesn't need to work on. So it came from the point of when you log in, you're responsible for picking the sessions that you do. Rather than push a session to everybody every day or yeah. every week or every month. I love that. And we I've received some pushback because of it, but I've stuck to it because I believe that the serious player will come through and get into this habit of picking a session, putting it into the calendar, which is teaching them to own their development, mm -hmm. teaching responsibility and everything like that. So it, it's very specifically built. Um, Basically, about it's exactly it's like training with me, but having me in your pocket. <laughs> and also, that, that's that the annoying accent right next to you. It's, it's perfect. <laughs> it your punchline for the uh, for the app. <laughs> that's why too. It's so important that you're asking the athletes to find out what they want to need to work on first, and then coming to your app and being like, "Okay, I know what I need to work on. So now let me customize my experience by picking the you know session that makes most sense for you." And yeah. it's, it's if they have any issues, they can reach out. I'm always available on Instagram. <laughs> Wait, so I have a question, Dave. Do you, yes. Do you find that players struggle with having an accurate sense of self-awareness? Like, for example, if you were to ask your player, what do you think your strengths and weaknesses are? Do you think people are honest, players are honest with themselves and can truly pick apart their own game and determine their own weaknesses? Or do you think that that is something that people lack? I believe that's 95% lack. Okay. Um, and the 5% go the other way or in a hyper aware. Um, I've got a good story for that. So one of my favorite players to work with and just to watch in general is a young woman who's just signed for Chelsea called Jessie Fleming. Um, Jessie has all the potential to be one of the top players we'll ever see. Like she's, she's next level. She was at UCLA. She's Canadian, unfortunately, so she can't play for the US. Um, but when I first started to work with Jess, Janine Becky put us in contact. And she's like, Jess wants to train. I'm like, okay. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of like buzzing because I've been watching her at UCLA for like a year. I'm like, this kid is like next level. Um, so I tell you something about, hey, Jess, I, you know, I just, a few things, this is what I need. Like, just let me know a few things that you need, think you need to work on. I had a text message like this long of things that she, and she's like breaking down game footage. Like in this minute, I did this, 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 this. And then if you watch the game with, with Barca and Espanol, 
in 2008, Xavi and Iniesta were combining. That's what I'm going for. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay. Self-aware okay. player, for sure. Yeah. But a lot of people are very generic. Well, I, my left foot. And coaches feed into it. Because, you know, you look at coach, what do you need to work on your first touch? What does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? Does that mean when someone's welling the ball at me, like at gut height, 15 yards away, like my first touch was off in that game because they smashed it at me? Or does that mean I shit the bed when the ball's coming at me at pace? Like, so we need to get a little bit um, more detailed with it, which is why we, we do the video analysis, right? Because then players can see it and become aware. That was a great question, Alana. I just, I think that's so, right? Because sometimes we, we think we're being honest with ourselves or we think we have a good idea of what our strengths or weaknesses are, but that's what you're saying is so true. Oh, I need to work on shooting. I need to work yeah. on my first touch. Yeah, you hear generic things like that. And that's, if you're truly aware, you'd know the situations that are more yeah. specifically. And maybe you need, maybe that is saying a lot of people should go and see, a, like get their coach's opinion and watch it with them so they can also... I'll tell you what every soccer player needs to do is see a sports site. Oh, yeah. Oh, we are. It should be mandatory. It should be part of every team's practice. Like, I'm 100% like, like, I believe everybody should see a therapist as well. Mm -hmm. Like, but sports site, and especially like, the younger they start, game next game. Dave, what are your thoughts on the uh, Houston Dash winning the, the final? Well, they've gone from the Houston trash yep. to the Houston flash. Dash. Um, you know, the, the funny thing is, like, we were doing um, Instagram live for it, and, and I said, uh, I was asked who I thought could win it. And Houston always start pretty well the first few games in the season, and then, and then they drop off. And I looked at the squads, and I was like, who's left? Who have they brought in? And I'd be straight up lying if I was like, yeah, they can win this. But I did have an inkling of like, they can do something here. Like if, because, and obviously again, I'm incredibly biased with players that I work with, but with Rach up front, with Shay Groom, I don't work with Shay, but I rate her. And Newis in the middle, like, Newis is, we've never seen Newis like this. This is a new mirror. She is on fire. Well, too. It's crazy. Uh, I think that, I genuinely think that stoked the fire that she'd never felt before. Mm. She's one of the only players I've ever seen to come back better than she left immediately. There wasn't, there was no curve. She just came back playing better than she left. Awesome. And, you know, talking to her through that process, when I look back now, there was never a doubt in her head. Maybe she had like one day that she was upset. That was it. Um, so with, with Christy playing like really well, and they brought in Meg Oyster and, and Kaylee Norton at the back, and you've got like Chappie and, and everything. I thought they could do something. You know what I'd have loved if Ali Long joined them? Because then I think you'd have the most annoying team in the end of your <laughs> You'd have Rach, who's horrible to people on the field. Shay, horrible to people on the field. Then you'd have Ali, horrible to people. Then you'd have Chappie at the back. Like, you couldn't get through a line without getting called a really bad name. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I was, you know, I was really happy with him. Like, my, my history with that club runs very deep. Um, I used to train the owners of the Dynamo and the Dash. I used to train their kids. Um, when they lived in LA and I'm very close to the family so I've always wanted them to do well and then I went to work for them for 36 hours I won a game and then quit um, <laughs> and then you know that was the whole thing um you send us uh, some pictures from that game I want to see you coaching did you uh, have blonde hair or no no, no there's a funny video great in interviews afterward in the, in the uh, team bus that's fine um, but I thought the tournament in general, and I, I've got to give a shout out to Brooke Elby, um, who like runs the PA. She did phenomenal. Like that, that woman was 
working 20 hour days for the months leading up to it. And she had to be in Utah as well. And just like big respect for, for what people don't see that goes on behind the back, behind, behind the back, you know, in the uh, background. And Lisa, uh, I forget her second name, the, the new commissioner has come in and just, she's transformed the league. That fact, right? She, she has done things for this league that people could not do beforehand. And she's done it in a time of a pandemic. Yeah. Which is massive, which is why I'm like actually really excited to see where the league goes because all of a sudden it's being taken seriously, mm -hmm. right? Because they did everything right. And, you know, player, some players didn't want to go in to the bubble. I'm like, this is the safest place in North America right now. Yeah. Like, no one in, no one out. Like, I would go if I could. Yeah. I'm getting tested every three days. I'm like, this is like luxury. <laughs> I like living in hotels, not this one because there was a domestic dispute. But <laughs> sure, the one, I'm sure the one in, uh, in Utah was nice. So, you know, in general, I thought it, it was phenomenal. Um, I was really glad that North Carolina didn't win, even though like I love North Carolina, I love most of their players, and I like that their coaching staff's phenomenal. But it was time for some someone new to win something. It is good. I mean, they're all. All the teams are amazing, but it's nice to see I'm someone really glad else. That Portland didn't win as well. <laughs> and I feel like too, it trickles down into like this the individual state, and it gets all the young soccer teams excited about playing pro. And like, if all of these professional teams are getting better and better and beating each other each year, it just means that overall women's yeah. soccer is just okay. improving, and it's just so exciting. So I know we were really excited to uh, to see them win. Who did you want to win? I wanted the dash because of. Because of Christy and Rachel. Oh wow! Does Paul know that? No, no, Paul doesn't know. <laughs> it was hard because, like, I feel like both of them are so, like both teams are just fan. They are fantastic, but I was rooting for Christy, and oh, I was I felt I felt bad that she hurt her hamstring. Like, oh mate, yeah. But, but the funny thing with you is like you see her on the sidelines like twenty minutes later, she's like giving it everything. You know? Yeah. Um, who did you want to win, Shannon? I wanted North Carolina. Okay, Alana? Hi. To be honest with you, I really wanted to see how Orlando Pride would have done if they were able to. <laughs> I was just so curious. Because so much, so much change has happened to that team that I was just very curious to see if they, they on paper, should be able yeah. to perform ridiculously well. So I was actually a little upset that they um, Yeah, that was a weird one, huh? Yeah. I mean, was it like six players had COVID and they couldn't come? Oh, it went like rampant. Yeah. After the first few. Listen, there was some stuff that happened where people could have made better choices. They didn't. And I think that's on the organization, not the players. Hmm. And I could be completely wrong, right? But if, if, if my organization says, if you leave, you're not coming to the cup, then you don't leave. Yeah, people won't leave. If there's room, wiggle room, then people will wiggle. They've been yeah, in quarantine. Yep. So I think it's down on the organization, not the individual players. Are they at fault? Yeah. But you've got to look above them. Mm, for sure. But then once... I always, once I always back the players, though, don't I? <laughs> Once the tournament started going, though, you know what made me really invested in the dash was seeing um, Daly's, like, leadership in the huddle and, like, mm -hmm. the way that she would, like, pump everyone up. It just, like, it gives you – I love that we're able to see that kind of stuff. I feel like growing up, I never witnessed that. You know, there wasn't TV coverage or social media coverage. You yeah. didn't actually see what the environment was and how, like, hyped and how intense it can get. So it was really cool to see, like, the you know, videos they had of them and just like you get more invested in the players and in, in the attitude of the team too. Well, I feel like you, you hit the nail on the head, right? Like, I think what a massive learning point from this is stories. Like let's focus on individual players' stories. Mm -hmm. And you can, you know, we get into that huddle and you get into that team dynamic. And like, I'm not going to lie, like, there was a few times watching those huddles that I was blown away with Rachel. Yeah. Because I I'm like during one of them, I was like, holy crap. I've, I've had that girl for so long. 
I didn't know she had it in her to lead like that. Uh, she's always been a leader, but she's also always been a hothead. And sometimes those two don't go together very well. And, you know, I, there was stages where I was quite emotional. I was choked up. I'm like, holy shit, like this woman has turned into an absolute badass. Yeah. You know? Um, now, am I surprised? No. Like, am I surprised that she she performed well? No, because she's better under pressure. But those stories are paramount to pushing this game on. Right, because my whole thing with a single entity league like NWSL and MLS is that the arrogance of a single entity league to just pop down a franchise and expect people to give a shit. Yeah. Right, and everyone's like, yeah, but in Mexico, like 20,000 people are going to the games because it's a Pumas versus America game and they're both in Mexico City. The fans couldn't give a shit if it was women playing because they don't see that. They say Pumas and America. We don't have that history, right? So it's a way of using social and the Challenge Cup did it really well of, of making people connect, Yeah. right? And I, I do feel like, I honestly feel like they dropped the ball. I feel like they should have had a reality show during, during COVID. Something like, like Amazon does with City. I yeah. feel like that would have been phenomenal Amazing. Yeah, women's soccer needs that. They have all oh. these men, men's series, but they don't have any women. Yeah, you know, like the so cool. NFL team. Someone should do that with the women's teams. It would be dope. I mean, let's cut this and let's start a uh, production company. Yeah. Yeah, yeah let's but, just ditch all the other stuff. And we'll I, stuff. I've, been, I've been approached so many times for women's soccer stuff, and I keep saying, like, you know, we need to do a reality show, and everyone's like, yeah, but, you know, We'll get them all in a house and we'll make it like sexy. <laughs> You're like, again, with the sexualizing women's sports. Right, right. <clears throat> like, did you think they, they, do they think Amazon pitched that to Pep? They're like, listen, we'll be in your house and you wake up and you look sexy. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, like, they should do that. And then they see soccer girls wake up. <laughs> I'm saying. But how, how much of a better way would that be to connect, not just with soccer people, not just with kids, but with the average sports fan? Because I think that's what we saw in the Challenge Cup as well, is that we got a lot of just sports fans watching <coughs> at COVID. We got a lot of sports fans watching and they started to care. Yeah, no, I totally agree. <laughs> Yeah. Guys, I'm so hot in my room right now. I'm dying. <laughs> you know what's also going to be interesting, like when we were talking about like the different, you know, states in the college team, I have like a really good feeling. Well, not a good feeling. I have a strong feeling that there's going to be leagues that are going to leave the NCAA. Like even the SEC who still wants to play, like it's going to be so interesting the next two years to see what happens with like women's conferences who just go off on their own. And then players who start making money in college should be making money when they're playing. It's bullshit that their jerseys get bought and that they don't make anything off of it. This is just no, what I'm feeling. Shan, you're, you're, you're right. It's going to be, the landscape's going to change. Um, and it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the next couple of years are going to be very interesting for sports. Yeah. Well, what are like, your guys' plans for the next couple of years? What's going on with soccer girl props? Let's talk about you guys. Uh, we're going to just explode and just take over the world. <laughs> Dave, we have a really exciting project we've been working on with Seth. Um, and it's a lady baller's guide to conquering anxiety. And it's like a guidebook and it's a program. And we're really excited. It's, um, we just got like our ordering the books. So we'll have to send you one. That's but cool. um, that's like a big thing that we're putting out. And we think it's such a great time because from what we're seeing, like so many athletes are dealing with just the anxiety of the unknown and like they don't know what to do as a player. And um, I think it's going to be really helpful. So we're, we're super excited to, to add to our Soccer Girl Probs University platform. And that's going to be like an, another education thing that we're offering our audience. Yeah, Dave, yeah. I was gonna say, do you get a lot of players, like not your top-notch, top-tier players that you train, but your other players that you train, do you get them coming to you where, with a little bit of like performance anxiety or you feel like you have to get them past the point of not having the right confidence and that unlocks a whole different part of their game? Alana, that is a, a very good question. 
and I would say every single player, including the players that you all know. Yeah. Um, and I also feel like my job is 75% mental. Mm -hmm. wow. I think 25% what we do on the field. And that plays into the 75% because a lot of players, they need to know that they've physically done the work and that mentally builds blocks. Um, my concern with COVID is that depression seeps in to players because their identity is soccer and your identity should never be soccer. Your identity should be you and soccer is part of that and not the other way around. Um, so I feel like a lot of my, my work is, I don't want to say talking people off the ledge because that's very dramatic, but, but showing young women specifically how to guide their energy throughout this process. And, you know, even without this pandemic crap, even just like normal, it's, a lot of it is rewiring. Yeah. Right? And, I, and I made fun of Soph last, last week and it's not funny, right? Like you trash yourself and you trash yourself and you trash yourself, but you never reward yourself, right? And that's fucked. Mm -hmm. right? Just from a psychology standpoint, what, what, how have we got here? Yeah, what, what made us like that, where we overlook the accomplishments and the things that we're doing right all the time and become hyper-focused on yeah. every little thing we're doing wrong? I, I, have, I have my thoughts, and I think the word humble needs to fuck off as well, because we're taught, oh, we've got to be humble, we've got to be humble. Why? Why? But, but I've got to be hard on myself when I fail, but I cannot celebrate succeeding. Yeah, I know. Because hum, being humble, there, there is something to be said about being humble to an extent. You, you know, nobody wants to be a braggart, right? But well, if I'm not celebrating my successes, is that to make you feel better because you've been sat on your ass doing nothing? Right? Because I can take the hate that you throw at me for succeeding. That's fine. But it has to be balanced. Like, you yeah. know, the players have to learn to celebrate themselves. You know, some people don't like being outwardly, outwardly succeeding. And I always tell guys, like, when you do something in a game, pat yourself. That's yeah. it. We, you know, get so used to be, we get so used to being humble externally that we internally we become humble, which is yeah. insane. They don't, I'm like, why aren't you celebrating the goal? They're like, oh. Yeah. Well, you scream at yourself when you miss. Babe, it is weird, though, because I'm thinking back to when I scored, like, one goal in college, and I remember just being, like, my, immediately my first reaction would just be to look at the ground. Like, I wouldn't want to be like, yeah, I just scored. Like, it was yeah. just like, well, and I don't know, Alana and Shannon, if you ever felt like that happened to you guys when you were playing, you're like. I was just thinking, I was thinking, like, I look back on, like, those, or when you score a goal, or, like, when it happens or after and I would think like I can't believe that just happened but it's like of course it just happened you how long have you worked to get to that yeah like, how many times have you practiced talking. like you you worked for that you like you put in all that effort to do that so why yeah. is it a surprise well Sean you probably scored so many goals it was like a normal thing so many for you goals. it was like the mailman just putting the post in the box I couldn't stop I couldn't stop from the bench <laughs> <laughs> must have been the training she got it was <laughs> No, it's, it's, it's actually a very, very interesting topic. Yeah, and it needs to be talked about more. And that's why I'm happy you brought it up because players don't, like, they need to hear this, you know? Like, you, you have to be more positive and, and happy about your progress instead of, like, nitpicking every single issue that you're experiencing. It's like celebrate, man. Like, even at training, like, you know, I'll... We, we did something for Swoosh today and I, I hit a free kick <laughs> and I hit it into the top corner and I'm like, I'm off. I'm celebrating. I'm like, hey, in your face, Pew. <laughs> you know I mean? like, oh, what do you think about that? And, you know, it is funny because then she hits it and she's doing the same thing. And the, the positive experience that, that creates, you're buzzing. Yeah. You know, then Sonny's buzzing and we've got another guy called Kev with us this way. He's buzzing. And I, I don't know, I'm all for it. I'm, I think a lot of it goes back to parents screaming, ball hog, ball hog when you're seven. 
Nobody wants to be the ball hog. I want my players to be the ball hog. I want them to be the ball hog. I don't want them passing because they're only screaming ball hog because you didn't pass to their kid. Hey, no, that's a whole other issue. Parent communication. Dave, I feel like you were the first person that I trained with that you realized that you could like work very hard but still have fun. Like I felt growing up, unless you were miserable and working hard, I didn't understand that you could still have fun while you did it. Sean, I can't do it. I can't not have fun. It's great though. Otherwise, I, all the lady ballers listening could have fun when they're playing. Right. This is a job. <laughs> yeah. Right, and it, kids should, kids and players should love coming to train. Yeah. And especially with what we do, right? Because it's so specific to them, they should never come. I, and I'm, I do not have a hundred percent record. I have had kids that sat on the sidelines before a training session, like crying because they didn't want to be there. <laughs> I think it was boyfriend issues. It has nothing to do with me. <laughs> but that, you know, I appreciate you saying it because it's that's the whole point of me, right? Like, if if we're not having fun getting better, it turns into a grind. And we live in a society right now. I call it grind porn. Like grind porn is everywhere. Like Gary Vaynerchuk, yeah, go 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 go. Well, you're going to die if you do that, and you're not going to die happy. Trust me, you have to have a balance. I'm all about the rise and grind, but I'm also about the afternoon nap. Yeah, yeah. I like right? The naps are important. For sure. Maybe that could be a t-shirt for you guys. Rise and grind I and like nap. That. And then nap. <laughs> Your nap. Wait, <laughs> I'm not, that's a great, <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the synergy. But it is true, Dave, because like also too, that's how often athletes burn themselves out. It's like, they were like, go, 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 got to go hard, got to do this, got to make it all so serious. And then it's like, okay, I don't love it anymore. So I'm just, I don't want to wake up in the morning and do it. It's but just- kind of down to social as well, Carly. Like, you know, because I feel like social media makes everybody aware of everybody else. And what we don't understand is that social media is 95% lies, right? So, reels. you know, if you take a day off and you go on social and Maybe your, your arch nemesis is on there going, oh, I'm working hard today. I'm taking 400 shots. Then you feel like you've got to do it. And I know this for a fact. Now, I'm not going to mention any names, right? But a very, very well-known player went to the training ground, okay? Went in, got changed, went to the field. Get out. I know what you're going to say. Put the balls out, took the picture for Instagram, put the balls back, and left. No. I've never exposed that person, but it's bullshit. Hmm. And they got caught. Them. Um, that, is, that is so true, though. Like, like other girl, you know, girls on <laughs> uh, teammates on social media might be looking at their other teammates saying, oh, my gosh, they're, you know, they're doing all this stuff. But like, you're right. Like, it's so much fluff and you just don't. You don't know what they're doing, and it just, it's a nice reminder to be like, okay, I'm not going to compare myself to them because I just have to worry about what I need to worry about, and that's what you can control. And it just goes back to con- like showing up and doing what you're supposed, what's expected of you um, on the honor system. Like, have fun, do some TikTok dances. Like, you know, life is life is way too short to be worried about and I'm just as bad with like other training companies I used to be obsessed and one day I woke up and I was like I'm already the best why do I give a shit why do I care if people are stealing all my content I don't care I'm over it like it's you know what is like I've read something the other day that made me chuck about mediocre people steal shit because they've got no creativity or something like that but it's 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 flattering. It's like you guys, you guys get accounts trying to like clone you all the time, and I look at them and I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> These girls are from New York. They'll beat your ass. We will. <laughs> no, it's true, and I think we we talked about so many important topics that honestly. I don't think we've spoke about yet on this podcast. So we just really appreciate your insight on, on a lot and you're a coach. So it's like awesome to hear your perspective of, you know, what you see. 
rather than it coming from the player, you know? It's very interesting to hear that perspective. Yeah, well, you know, I love all three of you. I'm very, very proud of everything that you've done and continue to do because when you started this, you know, it was fun. It was a fun thing. But now, like, I don't know if you're aware, but you're molding people now, right? Like, you're, you're legit role models, right? And that's, that's wow. a pressure, right? You're legit role models, and you are showing players the right path that they can take. And, you know, you're going to have to change the name soon to, to Soccer Old Women Probs, but that's <laughs> cool. You know, that's cool. Um, but I'm, I'm so proud of you guys and, and you continue to plow on and, and produce very, very, very relatable content for people. And like the fact that you're like working with Seth and stuff, like it's next level. It's absolutely next level stuff. And, you know, I'm sure you get told all the time, but I'm like super proud to even be associated with you guys. Oh. Steve. You're gonna make us cry. I was gonna say it's like so. It's so awesome to be able to. I think even like after our playing days, get to go and talk to important people like you and people with a perspective on it. And we always say like, learn from. We we look back on our experience and see all the things that we wish we would have done different. And we want to give people the chance to like not get focused on the stuff that doesn't matter, or not get crazy over your body image, or not let anxiety cripple you from from playing and kind of having that perspective on it and being able to, to kind of talk about it in a moving forward kind of way. It's, it's just awesome. Like the advice you have to give to players, like if they get to hear it way younger than we got to hear it, that's, that's the goal, you know? Yeah. A little bit envious. I didn't hear it when I was a kid. That's why we want everyone to learn from all of our experiences so they don't have to, you know, go through what we went through and, lost years of our life worrying about things that didn't matter. Years. Years. My whole college career, I just wish I was in a different mental state, you know? Yeah. I would have appreciated playing more. And then when you don't have the game anymore, it's like you look back and you're like, holy crap, I was worried about what? Yeah. Nothing. Mess it up. Ooh. Yeah. So scary. Yeah. Well, Dave, we love you so much. Dave, you look like a little... Baby drinking a bottle every time you lift that. With his two hands. Yeah. Dave, this, pod, this podcast can't end until you finish that whole thing. I don't know if that's in the contract. Uh -oh. I, I've got to go to the slutty vegan and I don't want to pee myself in the car. <laughs> I no. hope it I don't think I've never said that before. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on, Dave. We really appreciate Thank it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.